0: If all the information out there is about how to accomplish something, but you don't actually believe it's possible for you, then the how means nothing. If at your very core, you don't understand that change is possible, then you can read all the books, listen to every episode of the show, watch all the TikToks, Take all the YouTube videos. You can do all the things, love, but it's not going to do anything for you. We're arming ourselves with information that is useless because at our most fundamental level, we believe that that is only possible for them, for someone who's better, for someone who's smarter, for someone who's younger. So we have to start with belief. If you have belief that you can change, Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the show and I'm super glad you're here. Thank you for joining in today to have a conversation about belief, belief, belief in yourself, belief that something is possible for your life, belief in your goals, your dreams. That's what I want to dig into today. I will start by telling you that I just did 30 jumping jacks and danced around to some music because... I took my oldest son to see Beyonce last night. It was Jackson's first Beyonce concert. It was my like seventh. I don't even know. I've seen her quite a few times. And this was the second time I've seen her on this tour. And to be totally honest with y'all, I didn't want to go. I had promised him that I would take him to this show and... When it rolled around and it was Labor Day weekend and I had his younger brother, it was Sawyer's birthday and Sawyer had friends in town literally the whole weekend. And we went to the Dodgers game and we made a big family dinner. Like we had a very full weekend. And then yesterday I was meant to take Jackson to the show and I just, man, I didn't want to do it. And I really got my mind right earlier in the day yesterday. I don't know if y'all ever do that where you're just like, you know what? You're going to have to do this either way, so you may as well do it with a happy heart and a good attitude. And I hyped myself up. We ended up having the best time. We had so much fun. We danced all night. And I'm not going to lie, I like to think of myself as in shape, but clearly my body is not what it used to be because I hurt today like someone hit me with a bat. Like someone used me as their pinata. That's how my body feels because I danced. I mean, what? It, anyway, so I just did Jumpy Jacks to like wake my body up, to wake my mind up, so we could have this conversation because it's really important. And I've never actually thought about how important this conversation is to have with you guys. I got this idea for this episode based on recent interactions I have had with two of my guy friends. And I'll tell you to sort of set the tone, set the picture for this conversation, that these are both men in their late 40s or early 50s, incredibly successful. Like from a professional standpoint, these people are crushing it, massive platforms, doing all the things. One is a celebrity, one is not, but like In business, he's a master at what he's doing. And because these two conversations happen really quickly on top of each other, I had this, what Oprah would call the aha moment of like, oh my God, people don't understand belief. And if these guys who are crushing it in business don't understand belief, maybe some of the listeners of the podcast don't either. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And as much as I understand that this audience is predominantly women, I do think this is one that your fella might like if you got a fella. But if you have a man in your life, your brother, your daddy, someone, I feel like because the impetus for the show came from two men, this might also be a really good one that you share and be like, hey, you know, this chick I keep talking to you about, check out this episode. So we're gonna talk about belief and essentially what it is, how you break it apart, and then how you can tap into what belief you have, how you can pour gasoline on that fire, how you can put intention and time into your belief to give yourself the momentum that you need, to give yourself the motivation that you need to pursue the thing, whatever the thing is. Allow me to explain. So I was hanging out with my guy friend and he was talking about that his whole life he has been either super like party guy, drinking, fairly unhealthy, but like the life of the party, having the best time ever, drinking all the things. He's a person you want to invite to your wedding because he's going to do something wild. But like everyone loves him, even your grandma who's conservative because he's just such a good time. He's either that or he's totally like, A-plus teacher's pet on the wagon, following the nutrition plan, not having any alcohol, not having anything at all. he's, He's extremes, essentially, is what he tells me. He says, I'm either all in one way or I'm all in the other. There is no middle ground. And in the midst of this conversation, I was kind of leaning in on him a bit about how dangerous that lifestyle is, that I cannot count the amount of Men that I know, particularly around middle age, 40s and 50s, and I know it's happening to women too, but men around that age group who are making really poor decisions for their health and dying, dying before their time. Like they're just, I know so many men who have had heart attacks where there was no noticed that that was coming. I know so many men who have abused alcohol, abused other things. Like I'm seeing this story more and more. I'm seeing it play out in the news. Maybe you're seeing it too in your environment. I saw something recently that said, we've never had higher rates of drinking in people in their 30s, in drug use in people in their 30s. Our depression rates are through the roof. Our anxiety is through the roof. And In this moment talking to him where I was kind of challenging him on this essentially belief system, I had this awareness. So he's saying, you know, Rachel, I I go one of two ways. I'm either super extreme here or super extreme there. But he never really sticks with the clean eating, clean living lifestyle because at his core, in his heart of hearts – he loves being the life of the party, right? He loves that energy and it's so much ingrained in who he is. And I get it. How many times in our life have we you go on a diet cuz you want to get in shape for your sister's wedding and like you're feeling good, your energy's amazing, you feel really like bam bam bam, my body's slamming, everything looks good, but it's boring. Or not only is it boring, have you ever gone on like a healthy living kick and like you actually get depressed? I have. Food is fun. Food is a friend. Like <laughs> I I enjoy having all kinds of things. And I've definitely, when I first started the process a decade ago of trying to make change in how I ate, how much I drank, how I was living it felt like the loss of a friend. I don't know any other way to describe it. I don't know if any of you guys can relate, but for me, that was a huge part, a huge thing to unlearn was that life could still be fun even if I wasn't having two glasses of boxed wine. You know, Life could still be fun even if I wasn't eating nachos. Life can still be really fun and really fulfilling, but we get into these patterns and those patterns then establish what we believe. More on that in a minute. But so I'm talking to my friend and he's telling me this thing like there is no middle ground and he has a hard time sticking with like the clean living ideology because that's not who he is at his core. And so I said, do you believe there is a middle ground for you? And he paused for a second and he looked at me and he was like, absolutely not. And I had this like, you know, that emoji where like the brains explode, like, I was like, oh, damn, I'm over here trying to talk to him about a world that he doesn't know exists. I'm over here trying to like share a vision of this is a place we can go and it's so fantastic and you have no idea that this is a real place. It's like if you didn't know that Hawaii existed. If you've never heard of a tropical island, you've never seen a photo, you've never, and someone's like, no, there is this beautiful place. We're gonna get on a plane. We're gonna fly for five to 10 hours, depending on where you live in the US. And then we're gonna get there. And it's like an island. They're like, what's an island? And you're like, well, it's this like rock in the middle of the water. And they're like, what? Like if you had never seen any example of a better life, then you don't believe it's possible. And with my friend, our conversation was about health, but for you, this could be anything. So I realize, if I'm trying to talk to him about how, stick with me for a minute, if all the information out there is about how to accomplish something, but you don't actually believe it's possible for you, then the how means nothing. If at your very core, you don't understand that change is possible, then you can read all the books, listen to every episode of the show, watch all the TikToks, take all the YouTube videos. You can do all the things, love, but it's not gonna do anything for you. We're arming ourselves with information that is useless because at our most fundamental level, we believe that that is only possible for them, for someone who's better, for someone who's smarter, for someone who's younger. So we have to start with belief. If you have belief that you can change, you can figure anything out. If you know at your core that change is possible, then you can figure out any how. I leave this conversation with my buddy and I'm thinking about doing this episode with you guys and trying to like, how could I, at the most basic level, unpack belief? And it turns out I have a really good lesson in this exact thing because my daddy was a preacher. I consider myself incredibly spiritual. I don't consider myself religious. But Back in the day, I remember how my dad, as a preacher who had deeply rooted faith, deeply rooted belief in everything that he stood for and everything that he taught about, it was ingrained in who he was. And I remember being, it had to be like middle school, and I asked him, what do you do if you're talking to someone and they don't believe in God at all. I was like, Daddy, what do you do as a preacher if you're talking to someone and you want to talk to them about your specific kind of belief, but they don't even believe there's a God? Like they're so far away from the conversation you want to have. How do you even like start that chat? And he showed me this thing that he had learned in seminary, which I thought – It's about getting someone to think about the world in a different way, but it works so perfectly for you, for us, for anything in your life that you don't actually, at your core, believe is possible for you. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. traveltexas.com slash get your own so before i teach it to you i just want you to take a minute if you can if you're not driving close your eyes take a deep breath and from your intuition from like that space between your heart your belly button like in your gut your solar plexus like Get in touch with everything that is in you and ask, ask that knowing about the thing that you are trying to achieve right now. I want you to think of the one thing in your life that you know would be the most powerful change you could make. Maybe you're like my buddy and you need to change your relationship with your health. Maybe you wanna grow in your own faith. Maybe you wanna get a better job to better take care of your kids. Maybe you wanna go back to school. Maybe you've always wanted to run a half marathon, but you're not sure that that could be for you. You wanna start your own business. You wanna climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Just, Just something in your life. Doesn't even have to be that big, but you know if you could do this thing it would make a huge difference. I want you to think of what, I want you to ask your inner knowing what that thing is. And then once you've identified it, I want you to ask a second question. At my most foundational level in my heart of hearts, do I believe that I will achieve this? Do I believe that this is possible for me? Now, Sometimes that search can be hard because we have to hold awareness, maybe for the first time ever, that we've been pursuing something that we don't believe on a core level will ever be ours. But that's where we start this practice that my daddy taught me. Think of a thing in your life that you would love to have, but you don't believe that it's possible for you, okay? You would love to have it, but you don't believe it's possible for you. Now, my daddy showed me this thing, which I'm not going to draw because you guys were listening to a podcast right now, but I want you to imagine that I have a notebook in front of us and I draw a circle that's as big as the page. I draw a circle on this notebook and you're looking down at a notebook that has a big circle in the middle and everything in that circle, everything inside the circle is all of the knowledge that exists in the world. All of the knowledge. In the whole world, every single human being Everything we know, everything computers know, everything that's in books, in podcasts, all of the knowledge is what's represented by this circle, okay? That's what we're looking at. You have that in your head? Now, if you're looking at this circle and this circle represents all the knowledge that is known in the universe, I'm handing you a pen right now and I want you to draw a circle inside this circle that represents all the knowledge you possess. Of all the knowledge in the world, draw a circle inside this big circle that represents all of your knowledge. And I just tested this on my boo because I was curious if he would do the same thing I did as a little girl. And he did exactly the same thing I did, which was he took the pen and he put a pinprick. I did the exact same thing with my daddy when I was in middle school. I took the pen and I put the tiniest little dot. Because if that circle represents all the knowledge in the known world, my knowledge is like it should be smaller than a dot. You wouldn't even be able to see it because what I know is so minuscule in comparison with what we all know collectively. Now, this is what my daddy says. He says, if that little dot represents everything you know, and this big circle represents everything you don't know. Is it possible that the answers you are looking for exist in the space in between the circle and your dot? Oh, I love this. Said another way, this thing that you want but don't believe is possible for you, if you were given all of the knowledge that exists in the world and compare it to your tiny little minuscule amount of information, Do you believe that the answers, do you believe that the solution you are looking for could exist out there within all the knowledge in the world? Unless you just want to be cantankerous, you're going to have to agree that yes, no matter what it is you're trying to do, no matter what it is you are trying to do, if you were given all of the knowledge in the world, there would be a way to get where you want to go. That's where belief starts. Belief starts with you getting curious about the things that you don't already know. The reason that you might not have thought about that or that you might not already be curious about that information or the reason that my buddy doesn't believe there's any middle ground between wild party animal and none is because of something called expectancy theory. Expectancy theory says that we make decisions and perform actions based on what we expect to happen. You make decisions every single day, not based on reality, but based on your reality. And your reality is 100% tied to past experiences. 50 years ago, 100 years ago, when we started to study the brain, and we started to think about how humans took in information. They used to believe that information was just sort of like flying into our brain and we were absorbing it and then making decisions based on that. That's not what's happening. We now understand that we are seeing the world through a lens of past experiences. What has happened to you historically is what you believe is going to happen in the future. Your brain is set up to expect a certain outcome. So my buddy expects that life can only be one of two ways. And so he lives life one of two ways. He goes and he parties and he has a great time and he has a little too much fun and he goes a little too hard. And then he's like, whoa, 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 I got to back off. And he flips over to the other direction. Then he's like, this this sucks. I don't like this. And he keeps swinging back and forth because he expects that that is what will happen. Remember, y'all, we do not get what we want in this life, we get what we expect. The partner that you have, the romantic partner that you have, if you've got one or if you don't have one right now, think of the last person you were with, that relationship was a manifestation of what you expected to get from a partner. That's freaking brutal. For those of us who have had partners that were terrible, it's such a punch in the gut. Because you're like, wait, no, I didn't do anything. I didn't want this person to cheat on me. I didn't want this person to be a jerk. I didn't want this person to be a narcissist. I didn't want her to be rude to my friends. I didn't want that. But if you experienced it and kept putting up with it and stayed inside of it, it was because on some level you expected that that's what you deserved expectancy theory says we will take action based on what we think is going to happen. And the bummer is that this is not even conscious. We're not conscious that we're making those decisions. The scary thing about the expectation is that the expectation begins to solidify the belief. The expectation solidifies the belief. We expect to get something, We take action based on what we think is going to happen. We get exactly what we thought we would get. And then we're like, see, all men are pigs. See, the world is out to get me. See, if I put myself out there, I'll be shot down. Like we take action based on what we expect. Think of like a salesman, right? If you're trying to sell something to someone else, you're trying to sell a car, you're trying to sell a product, whatever, and you walk up to them and you're like, I mean, I'm sure you don't want that. I'm sure you don't want this. It's like pretty, it, I mean, it's like weird. You probably already have a notebook. Like you don't need a notebook. Like I'm sure, you don't. I'm sorry that I even bothered you actually. You already expect that you're not getting the sell. So you come into the space with that vibration, with that language, with that mindset, and then you get exactly what you expect, right? You You go into a situation in fear. And then you get exactly the thing that you were afraid of. On the flip side, there are so many recorded cases, so much science, so much data around what happens when someone believes that something is going to happen, that they get the results they believed they would get, even if the activity didn't take place. So, for example, they've done research on what happens when they give patients a fake surgery. So, patients sign up for a surgery for their knees. They have bad knees and they're going to get orthoscopic surgery on their knee, but they sign up to be part of a study. Half the patients get the surgery, half the patients, they make four incisions in the knee and don't do any surgery a year later, two years later, they keep testing these people. The people who got the fake surgery have the exact same results. They have the exact same recovery. Their knee's working great. All of these things have happened. They have no idea the surgery was fake. And so because they had belief that their knee was made better, their knee was made better. There are so many examples, think of placebo. Like when we test out a new medicine, there's the placebo effect that we've gotta give people, like half the study has to have sugar pills so that we can see, does the medication actually affect them or does our mindset and our belief about what the medication will do affect them? To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's this really sad but fascinating story from years ago where a guy, I'm not going to get this perfectly, but like you'll get the gist. A guy was working, he's part of the railroad and he was in charge of like checking the cars at night or something. So we would go in and make sure all the cars were empty. And one night, this guy in great health, he's like in his late thirties, he's checking the cars and he's checking the series of Train cars that were refrigerated. So it was one of those trains that goes across the country delivering food. And he goes into a refrigerated car and gets in there, and the car locks behind him. So he's trapped inside of a refrigerated train car in the middle of the night. No one's around. He's banging on the walls. He's trying to get out, doesn't have his phone. I feel like it was like in a time period where we didn't have cell phones. He can't get out of the car. Nobody hears him. And he freezes to death. The next morning, they come in and they find him. And he had written, there was like dirt inside the thing, and he had like written in the in the dirt, I'm getting cold. This is so hard. Freezing to death, whatever. They do an autopsy on this guy and find that he did in fact die. He froze to death in this train car, in this refrigerated train car. But here's the thing. The refrigerated train car was not turned on. The temperature in the car was the same as it was outside. It didn't overheat. It wasn't too cold. There was plenty of air. This man, his body literally froze to death because he thought that he was in a cold space. It's a brutal and harsh story, but I share it because I want you to understand that some of y'all have beliefs about your body, your life, what you deserve in a relationship, what you deserve in a job, what you are capable of. And those beliefs are seriously injuring you. And you don't understand that the belief is the problem. Our minds are the most powerful thing we have access to. They are the most powerful thing we have access to. And if you don't understand that your beliefs are expecting the outcome, then you will continue believing things that are hurting you. Okay, so now I wanna tell you about my second guy friend. My first guy friend had a lack of belief. Let me tell you about my second guy friend. I go to lunch with this guy last week and I've known him for a few years. He's so excited. Like before I even sit down, I can tell that his energy is completely different different than any time i've ever interacted with him his aura is glowing and yes you're like what are you talking about aura his just his vitality like his eyes were sparkly like his skin looked fantastic he just was he had an inner glow i've never seen in this person before and we're sitting down we're talking business we're chatting all the things and i can tell something's different but i don't know what it is and it's a business lunch so i'm not like hey man why is your aura sparkling <laughs> and through the course of the lunch he ends up telling me about a doctor that he got connected to that did a series of blood panel on him and found out that he had a few different markers in his system or how his body was made up is made up that he was super deficient in like three different supplements and needed like two things over here and that there were some foods that he should not under any circumstance consume because they caused wild inflammation in his body, brain fog, made him tired, made him feel like crap. And this guy, super successful in business, very successful financially. He's in a field where he's exposed to some of the biggest athletes in the world. Like he has this information, but it was the first time that he got information in a different way So he's like, Rach, I find out all this stuff. They put me on a program. I'm down 16 pounds. I feel amazing. I didn't understand how much brain fog I had. And like, y'all, I am so guilty of this. And maybe some of you are too, where your brain isn't like functioning at the level that it needs to. And so we compensate by, oh, I'm going to have more caffeine. We like give ourselves these things to push to where we need to get to instead of asking, wait a minute, why do I have brain fog? So this is my friend. He gets on this diet. He loses all this weight. He feels amazing. He's like, I cannot explain to you how great I feel. And he says, I have struggled with my weight my whole life. He's like a bigger guy, but he's like, I have struggled with my weight my whole life. and. I could not figure it out. And I just thought, this is the way that it's going to be for me. There's nothing I can do. It doesn't matter how much I work out. It doesn't matter what I do. Things are never going to change. And the irony is that my commitment to my friends, the kind of relationship I want to have, even if it's like business friends, is I want to be real. I want to be authentic. I want you to challenge me. I'm going to challenge you. And I feel like this is especially important at higher levels, in business especially, in the industry I'm in, inside of media, inside of this world, where people at high levels are surrounded by yes-men. They're surrounded by people who kiss their ass, who don't want to tell them the truth, who don't show up in a real way, and then you have these high-level performers who start to make really bad decisions, start to crumble, start to get sick either emotionally or physically because they're doing all this stuff and no one will be real with them about what's happening. So about 9 months ago, I see my friend for a business meeting. And when I left, I sent him a voice memo and I said I love you and I hope that this doesn't offend you, but even if it does, I'm going to tell you that you don't look good. You you look really bad. Your eyes are yellow you've put on more weight. You know when you can tell that someone's like really abusing their body? Like I could tell that he was doing that. And I remember he was like, no, man, like I was just wearing a big sweater that day. Like you're nah, – no, girl, like you know me. I'm like working out like six days a week, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out we're having this lunch and it was the most real – that he has ever been with me. He was like, no, I knew when you said that to me. I knew that I was unhealthy, but I didn't know how to fix it. And so I refused to believe that it was true. How many of us do that? How many of us will not look in the mirror and face what is really going on, really going on? It's not made up. It's not something in your mind. It's like, no, I have to take ownership of what is happening. I'm going to keep saying this on this podcast until the end of time. But if you don't face it, you can't fix it. So he had just accepted that this was how life was. Because he didn't have the right information, because he didn't have the knowledge, because he didn't think of this, you know, the giant circle with the tiny dot in the middle and all of the information that might be there, he settled. He settled. He settled for a mediocre existence. And I don't mean a mediocre existence for other people. Other people dream of having this guy's life. I freaking promise you, you don't know a straight man on the planet that doesn't wish they had this guy's job. Just the highest level success. And I'm so sick of people at the highest level of success who are internally destroying themselves and nobody's talking about it. This beautiful human did not know that there was a solution for him. He thought, well, I'm just going to have brain fog. This is just part of getting older. I'm just not going to be able to lose these 40 pounds. I'm not going to be able to have the energy I once did. We give ourselves this rationale. We give ourselves these excuses. I'm getting older, or I'm stressed, or I'm this, or I'm that, or you know, maybe I, I got the vaccine and it's affecting my body differently. Like He didn't know that there was another way. It reminded me of this fantastic quote that I'm probably gonna butcher, but Jack Canfield, who's the creator of like Chicken Soup for the Soul and those books, said something like, it's not what we don't know that hurts us. It's what we know that isn't true. Let me say it again. It's not what we don't know That hurts us. It's what we believe, capital T truth, believe is true that isn't. 2017, I write Girl Wash Your Face, right? Didn't know it was gonna be called that. Didn't even know what I was writing about. I just wanted to write about the hardest things I had ever lived through and the lessons I learned. And it wasn't until I was in the midst of writing that book and I looked at the chapters I had already created and I was like, oh, These are all lies. These are all lies. I realized as I was writing it, like every single chapter that I had written was a lie I used to believe. And in believing that lie, I was hurting myself. I was holding myself back. I was stacked with limiting beliefs. And I'm guessing that maybe it's similar for you guys. A few years ago, I was working on a project. I wanted to talk about health. I was working on a book that was Entirely dedicated to women's health and how we treat our body. And someday I think that book will still happen. But I thought it was important to interview a bunch of women about health because, obviously, in my writing experience or in doing the show, I only know my lived journey. I only know what it feels like to be me. I don't know all the different health journeys. And if I'm going to try and speak to a larger group of women, I need to make sure I'm including information from everybody. So I set up all these calls. This was like pre-Zoom time. We didn't have Zoom. I set up all these calls and I just, I had this questionnaire and I would go through, I was asking them all these questions and I started to get the same answer from every single woman. And when it happened twice, I was like, that's weird. When it happened three times, I was like, that's weird. When it happened four, five, six, seven, when every woman Said the exact same line, I got chills. I still think about it, get chills on my body. Because it's one of those things where you're hearing something, and every spidey sense you have is like ding, 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 pay attention. Something's happening here. What every single woman said to me, let's say, let's say I interviewed 20 women, 19 of those women were on a health journey that kept fluctuating. They would make change, they would come back, like my friend at the top of this conversation, you know, swing one way, swing the other. They would fluctuate in their weight. They were deeply unhappy with their body. For some of them, it wasn't a weight thing. For some of them, it was mental health, emotional health. They do really well, they would backslide. For some of them, it was addiction, it was numbing, it was coping mechanisms, they do really well, they go back and forth and back and forth. Every single woman but one told me the exact same line. And before I tell you what that line is, I want you to understand that the one woman, I swear on everything I hold dear, the one woman who did not use this line was the one woman who 11 years prior had changed her health forever and never gone back. Okay, so I hope you have full body chills. I hope your spidey senses are going off when I tell you that 19 people who were still struggling for decades all had the same belief. And the one woman who'd made lasting change hadn't that belief. Okay, 19 people told me, Oh, I know exactly what to do to get healthy. 19 people believed that they already had the answers, just like my friend believed that he knew everything there was to know about his health and feeling better just wasn't for him. Feeling better just wasn't going to be his thing. Those 19 women thought they were like, no, I know exactly what to do. If I do high protein diet, if I do this, if I go to therapy twice a week, if I do but, 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 then it's all going to be better. I know exactly what to do, they told me. I just don't do it. And I freaking guarantee that you're sitting there right now, you're walking right now, you're doing the dishes right now, and maybe you're having an aha moment of like, oh, dang, that's me. I believe that I have the how, but I just don't have the motivation. Here's what I need you to hear me say. If you're not doing it, you don't have the how. Because the how isn't just about what you're going to do. It's about how you will implement it into your life in a way that is easy for you to achieve. So if you're not doing it, you don't have the solution. If you, quote, tried everything and you can't get your health the way you want it to be, you haven't tried everything. If you have Talk to everybody in town and nobody wants to do business with you, you haven't actually talked to everybody in town. I think it would be really helpful if that could click into place for you today. My friend was struggling with his health because he didn't have the right plan for him. It's different for every single one of us. The fact that it hasn't happened for you, whatever the goal is, if you have actively been pursuing it and it hasn't happened, it is because of one of two reasons. Number one, you don't believe it's possible. Number two, you believe it's possible, but you don't yet have the information that you need. That's it. That's it. The takeaway for me in that story is don't settle for less than you deserve. And you deserve everything. You deserve a life on your terms. You deserve a body that you feel good inside of. You deserve friends and lovers and family members that pour into you, that fill up your cup, that make you feel great, that it's a shared relationship you're giving to them, they're giving to you. It's not all you just pouring yourself out or being a doormat or laying yourself on the altar of martyrdom because that's what good girls do. You deserve a good life. You deserve a good life. And if you have a part of your life or maybe many parts of your life that don't feel good, please don't settle. Please don't assume that that's the best it's ever going to be for you. The answers are out there. The solutions are out there, but you won't look for them if you don't believe that you're going to find them. And going back to the very start of this conversation. You don't have to know what the answers are. You just have to be curious. Just have to be curious about where you're going to find them. I hope that our conversation today made you think, made you pause, made you go, oh, dang, okay, that's me. I've been doing that. If you found it helpful, will you do me a favor? Will you share this with a friend? Will you put it on your social? Will you get the word out about our community and that we're all trying to be a better version of ourselves? And if you know someone who's trying to be a better version of themselves, bring them into the party. I will be back soon with more information. And until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. 844-Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success, from before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.